0: Hi, everybody. This is Alex Mo here for Wisp Business, the podcast. Today, I'm joined by Patrick Sullivan, CEO, co-founder, and co-inventor at Flux12. Patrick, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Yeah, thanks for having me, Alex. I appreciate it. Absolutely. So to get us started here, why don't you tell me a little bit about this business for uh, folks who might not be familiar? What is Flux all about and when did you start it?
1: Yeah, for sure. So the origin story, I guess, comes a while ago. So as a kid, I'd always be sitting at the kitchen table and <laughs> refusing to get up until I'd finished my my homework assignments. Uh, my mom would have to bring me snacks because <laughs> I just refused to move on until I sp- solved a problem. And so the last few years I spent at University of Wisconsin-Madison doing chemistry PhD research on batteries and also an energy analysis and policy certificate. So kind of looking at both the technology and the market side of this energy problem. And what I kind of realized early on is that we're often just trading like one problem for another in the clean energy transition. And so my goal is really to build sustainable solutions as we go through this clean energy transition. And so that's kind of the birthplace of flux 12 is at through just research at University of Wisconsin, Madison, we've developed a new battery technology for grid scale energy storage. I see. Very interesting. Folks who
0: uh, follow business and and listen to the podcast and and read our coverage uh, know that there's there's a lot of uh, battery storage efforts going on in the state, along with this Mm -hmm. broader transition to more clean energy resources. Can you provide some more detail on Flux's uh, specific solution?
1: Yeah, for sure. So right now, and what everybody's using all across the world, including Wisconsin, for energy storage is lithium-ion batteries. So this is the same technology relatively used in our phones, laptops, and electric vehicles, uh, but it was really never meant for such large scale energy storage applications. So like when I'm talking about grid energy storage, I'm talking about like shipping container sized battery systems going out next to wind farms, next to solar farms, helping to stabilize the grid with this renewable energy. And so what we've developed is called a, a flow battery technology. Um, so this is a technology where you dissolve your battery Materials in water, so it's non-flammable, and it can be a lot more scalable for such a large scale application. And so we're not the first ones to invent this flow battery technology, but what we've invented is a new battery chemistry that gets used in device for a higher performance flow batteries. I see.
0: And for listeners who may not really understand the role of battery mm-hmm. storage technology, you touched on uh, grid resilience stability. Can you just talk a little bit more about the the importance, the role of uh, the batteries in this transition?
1: Yeah, for sure. So especially in the Midwest, we have, if we want to are serious about reaching our carbon emission targets, there's still a lot of coal and gas power that we're relying on, especially in the Midwest. Um, however, the nice part about coal and gas is you can kind of switch it on when you need it. <laughs> but with solar and wind, you can't really switch on the sun, switch on the wind when you need it. And so what we really need is batteries to store extra wind, extra sun when we have it, and then use the battery, discharge the battery when we don't have sun, when we don't have solar, so we can still utilize that clean energy. And so this has a lot of resiliency and economic implications for, for operating the grid. Yeah, absolutely.
0: And Patrick, can you share details on where your company is at right now in terms of the uh, you know, life cycle? Are you currently raising funds? And if so, can you tell us how much you've raised so far? And then what's kind of your strategy for uh, building the business going forward?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So we're very early stage. So we started this business while I was still finishing my PhD at University of Wisconsin-Madison. And so I just graduated back in May and I'm full-time CEO now over the summer. So getting things up and running. And so we're onboarding our co-founders. There'll be a team of two of us full-time here soon. And we're finalizing our pre-seed round of financing, which will be around $1 million in fundraising. And so what we're looking to do in the near term in 2024 is use these funds to build out the team further and to also get towards a, a prototype, which could like roughly power a house, that type of scale, a prototype to, to show this technology works on like practical systems as well.
0: Interesting. And um, what does that process look like for developing a prototype?
1: Yeah, it's a hard process, right? So, so we're in this category of startups, which get called hard technology, and some people like to also call it tough technology because <laughs> it's very, <laughs> very tough to build such a large asset as a, a startup with minimal resources. Um, so, we try to be as creative as possible and not reinvent the wheel where we don't have to. So, we're talking to a lot of suppliers for these materials and also to manufacturers who make similar types of devices um, out there and leveraging collaboration to help us get to scale. Excellent.
0: And uh, along with that process, um, you mentioned building a prototype. What does the future of this company look like, let's say in the next uh, three to five years or so?
1: Yeah, so we really want to build out the prototype designs in 2024 and then demo it on the grid with a customer in 2025. And once we show this works, then we can really hit the ground run, running and raise more funds, build out manufacturing capacity and really start bringing megawatt scale systems to the grid. So not batteries that can power houses, but batteries that can power neighborhoods or even um, corporations and, and that sort of application.
0: Interesting. I, I saw recently um, sometime last month, I believe that uh, Forward BioLabs announced that you are one of their newest uh residents there of the of the startup companies at Ford bio labs you're be some doing some of that uh prototyping work there
1: yeah so that's actually where i'm calling in from right now is at Ford biolab so i'm working out of the office space there right now and we're gonna um, utilize some of the other university research park facilities um, to do more just research in 2024 and work on that that kilowatt scale prototype terrific
0: well, glad to hear it. Glad to hear uh, you know you've got your base of operations there in Madison. Always exciting uh, to hear about that. And then, um, Patrick, I wanted to also ask you, uh, pose you a question that I like to throw out to a lot of my guests in in the industry that you are working in. What kind of trends are you keeping an eye on that um, our listeners should know about? That that I, as a business reporter, should maybe keep an eye on.
1: No, that's a that's a great question. So batteries have been around for 50 years. Batteries have been around for a long time. But this grid scale application is really just still an emerging market. Um, We really haven't had a reason to have batteries when we've been using coal and gas. And now as we're using solar and wind, now we uh, have a new reason, a new market to explore. And so really nobody knows where (laughs) this market is headed toward. So like, are these batteries going to be in people's homes that they're using? Are these batteries going to be more centralized systems at the utility zone? Um, what do those batteries need to be able to do? So there's a lot of questions remaining and sort of the application uh, of these energy storage and also the question of who's going to pay <laughs> for it, right? Is it the end consumer, the, the um, electricity consumers that's going to be paying for this or are the utilities going to be paying for it? Is the government <laughs> going to be subsidizing it with things like the Inflation Reduction Act? So it's a very exciting space, but a lot of unknowns moving forward.
0: Certainly, some big questions uh, remain to be resolved, but uh, lots to look forward to and and lots to follow along with here uh, as your company continues to to grow. Patrick, thank you so much for taking the time. That's all we've got the time for. But I wanted to say I uh, really appreciate you sharing your perspective on the WIS Business Podcast.
1: Yeah, Alex, I really appreciate it. And yeah, we're excited to be here in Wisconsin and pushing clean energy forward in the state too. Awesome. Best of luck. Thank you.
0: You've been listening to WISP Business, the podcast. Now, stay tuned for a word from our sponsor. Hi, I'm Ben Miller from University Relations here at the University of Wisconsin Madison. And we're a proud sponsor of WISP politics and WISP Business Podcasts. Did you know that almost eighty percent of UW Madison's in state students return to live and work in Wisconsin in the years after graduation? And almost half of all UW Madison alumni are current Wisconsin residents. That's just one way we're driving our economy forward. UW Madison is working for Wisconsin.